This is The Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Hey everyone, this is Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to The Wealth Standard Radio. We are on episode 173. And, you know, for the last couple months I was like, all right, my funnest podcasts have been with this this guy that's sitting in front of me. Hey, and man. And what's going on? What's on? What's going I'm on, interrupting Chunga? you again. It's okay. It's hey, my new thing. That you're more than welcome to interrupt me anytime you wish. Uh, it's, it's, I thank you for having me back. Yeah. First of all, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, it, it's fun for me because you're looking very tan. Well, yeah. And very was, well rested. Well, I don't know about the, la- the last statement, but the first statement, I'm tan, but rested. Yeah. We were, we were uh, down, my wife's from Mexico. We were down in Mexico. Yeah. For a yearly visit to her family. And, you know, it was a, it was kind of it was timely. It was during the election, so the, oh no it, way! Yeah. Well, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so none of this matters now. You're in Mexico during the election. Yeah. yeah the yeah. election of Donald Trump. You were in Mexico. Yeah, I was. I was actually kind of scared when I when I was uh, after, after <laughs> I would all have went been down. Terrified. Yeah, because I I didn't you know I was like ah, Trump Trump's not going to win. Hillary's going to win. It's 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 all good. But then like my anxiety level started to build because we were so my daughter's my daughter's twelfth uh, birthday was the night of the election. So at the hotel, okay. we, you know, we had this like little room and all of our cousins were there and it was right outside of the lobby. Were you lobby. even keeping track? Well, no. So it was right outside the lobby. In the lobby, there's this huge TV there and like everyone was surrounding the TV and looking at the results and people were like in shock and <laughs> gasping and it's like, I'm like, oh crap. I hope I don't get accosted. Did you, uh, <laughs> what did you do? Did it change your behavior in any way? Did, did it change it my behavior? No, I, I, you know, I, I paid attention to the environment. I paid attention to the You know, it's, I'm okay. It's good. And my, my brother-in-law is, is a, he's a boxer. So okay. I, I had, you're a I former had, hockey I had my player. Base and I'm a, you know, I can, you can throw down. I can hold my own. Right. Sure. And so that combination, you know, I, I felt pretty secure. Okay. All right. <laughs> but uh, then, but the next day, so the next day, so the next day, I I had to go to a conference in Florida. So I left I left Mexico early and flew from the the capital Sonora to Mexico City. Okay, and that is where I had a little bit more anxiety. What happened? Well, no, I mean that's how I went to yeah, that's how I went to uh, Florida. But oh yeah, so yeah, so I had something else happening. Now this is this was interesting because we usually drive through drive through Nogales, which is the border town of Mexico right, which and is, Arizona. Uh, you know, you told me that before you left, and I, I thought, okay, Patrick's insane, well, driving done, through yeah. Nogales. Yeah, I've done that a million times. As an American, so. I, that's probably pretty dangerous, is it not, to be driving well, through I Nogales? Yeah, we've done, it for, we've done it for years, and, you know, have never had issues. We always drive during the, the day. And How's your Spanish? You know, you know I think this, this go around, it was, it was somewhat rusty. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i and yes yeah, so that made itself evident when i was so when you drive through yeah there's no, there's not as much well, there's zero scrutiny there's like a, a red light green light and okay. it's all random so if you if you're driving through and, it, and we agree lights all the time right sure. so if you're stopped then that's where you know immigration will ask you questions or whatever right uh, the mexican immigration yeah but if it's green you just drive straight through you're so good. we drove straight through but when i got to mexico city when you're flying outside of mexico you're supposed to have, you know, papers that say when you came in, when you left, and they have to be stamped uh, and verified. You and drove I, in, and now you're flying and out. And I didn't get, I didn't get my papers when I crossed into Nogales. So here I am, like, you know, I'm uh, trying to convince 
like the airline and then immigration. The then the immigration. <laughs> and, it, and I was I was on the brink of saying, listen, I, I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't vote, I swear. Just give you know, stamp my paper. Well, honestly though, were you a little worried when when yeah. they're in there and they're kind of giving you the the what for yeah. uh, about your papers, were you thinking Trump? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was observing, right, because it was in the back of my mind. But right. you know, it was it was one of those things where I think people were. It was early in the morning. People were still kind of in in shock. But yeah, yeah, I had to. You know, I missed my flight. Had to reschedule and rebook. Oh, but you there did. Was an, yeah, but there was another flight, and I, I made it. You know, that so night there, or whatever. You, you you made it without incident. Yep. So my Spanish definitely got put to the test there. I would th- yeah, so, I would say so. I got stamped. I got. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was interesting. And it, and it was okay. It was good. I'm I'm alive. I made it back to the I United States. I gotta tell you that that would be one of the last places on the planet I'd want to be when Trump well, you're got like elected. You're like six three, and you stand out. I'm like you know I'm just the normal guy just walking through, and you know. Yeah. Well, six five, but who's keeping <laughs> track? Who's keeping well, I say track? I six three because we're used to being around Andy Tanner, who's like six. He's six nine, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> just six, crazy. Nine. Andy Tanner, good dude. <laughs> so well, that's well. I'm glad you're back. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I was really, really excited to to get you back because, uh, you know, I'm watching the election coverage and I'm thinking, I, I bet Pat's dying yeah. in Mexico right now. But I can't wait to talk to him and, and hop on the Well Standard Radio yep. uh, because we had done a podcast a couple of weeks ago about what would happen if Trump won mm-hmm. and what would or happen. Won, yep. Just kind of reading the tea leaves mm-hmm. if Hillary won. And, uh, and here we are. Mm-hmm. So now, it, I guess for lack of a better term, this would be the follow-up episode Absolutely. to how this impacts or based on you, the economic uh, mm-hmm. wonder kid that you are. Mm-hmm. I say kid because he's a little younger. Uh, <laughs> but but this, is, uh, this is one of the world's foremost economic finance mm-hmm. experts in Patrick Donahoe. And uh, I would love to know what you think the impact is going to be now. What happens now with well, Trump as president? Well, I'll, ta- I'll take kind of a short step back and say that I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge proponent. It really excites me when there's disruption, when things happen that people are not prepared for, because that's when you start to see kind of the human element yeah. in, in what happens. And right now, I mean, it is prevalent throughout the entire world. Well, people are scared. They, they are. And they're also, it also is when an expectation, right? Because most people assumed Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. I think everybody did. They did. And they just could not fathom what would happen. So it's kind of this like they're in this place of what's going to happen? What do I There's so much uncertainty. And what happens when people are uncertain? They're not acting logical, right? No. They're acting irrational. And that's what you're seeing right now throughout the entire entire world. And that's what I have found insanely interesting uh, as far as like what to talk about here, because I think there there is going to be a lot of that. I well, think he is going to be a very disruptive president, but I think that's a good thing because when there's disruption, that is when things change. change. Happens. That's when there's a challenge. That's when human beings really get there. They they kick into gear and start to create solutions. Well, to the and problems. it really is a tale as old as time, especially when you have an outgoing two-term president. Change is always the the cornerstone of any campaign uh, when you've got a two-termer that's leaving. But in this particular instance, I think you're going to get more change than possibly at any other point. I was really young when, when Reagan was elected, mm-hmm. but I do remember that there was a lot of similarities 
when Reagan was elected to now. Hmm. Uh, there were a lot of people that said, well, who is this guy? He's an actor. Uh, I don't know what he knows about government. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a former far left guy. There, there are some parallels yeah. between between Trump and Reagan. And I know that back then a lot of people were very scared. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's easy now to look at this and go, well, Reagan was, by all accounts, a great president mm-hmm. and, and was largely beloved by the American people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Trump is nowhere close to that. But yeah. that's not to say that that he won't be given the chance to govern. Yeah. Uh, I do know that with. Um, College kids, millennials, young millennials. I expected the reaction that is happening right now with yeah, the I'm protests, and yeah, where social agenda has been the cornerstone of uh, the Obama administration. Yeah. Everything social. Now you have mm-hmm. somebody that's focusing less on social issues and more on business and infrastructure yeah. and uh, immigration. Well, that's a, that's a social issue, but uh, I, I expected this fear. But what is surprising me is the fear that's happening. Uh, outside of the colleges, yeah, well, there's a lot of it. There is, and I, I would say, you know, and as we were kind of prepping, prepping for the podcast, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I looked at everything that occurred, and I looked at, you know, what's going to happen in the future, and I, mm-hmm. I concluded two things. Number one, uh, an answer to the question, what's going to happen, right? Okay, okay. Uh, and then second is, what do you do about it? So I think the answer to the question is, what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? You, you, we don't, we we never know. You can speculate. There always there's always conjecture. But in the end, it's really who knows what's going to happen. I mean, look at the night before the election. Okay, the Dow futures were you know a thousand points off. Right. But then the next day, completely rebound up. You know, oh, you mean you mean as the points. election was happening? Uh, yeah. 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 So futures like totally tanked, and then yeah. the next day, right? You had this massive exodus from the bond market, right? And the bond market, you know, is was inflated as it is, and suddenly people just started pushing okay. more money. Okay. Now this in is this is. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to bonds and uh, stuff in that area of finance, yeah. I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. I'm the biggest dumb guy ever. So I can play the role of people who may be listening to the Wealth Standard Radio now mm-hmm. who who just don't know this market. Can you give sure. us a rundown for the people who, like myself who may not know uh, why this is so important? Okay. The yeah. bond market in particular. Yes. Yeah, so the bond. I mean, the bond market. I mean, a bond. All it is is a loan. Right, and so a loan you from have, the government. It's, a, or well, it's a loan go, to the government from you, right? Well, you have two. Well, there's two aspects. You have the government, the government side of things, but you also have uh, the corporate side of things, okay. right? So the okay. government side of things is like the A-rated, you know, very highly uh, liquid, massive, massive market, and this is typically okay. traded by institutions and governments around the world, okay. right? Where you have basically you know, uh, treasuries, which are some short-term stuff, then you have notes, which are medium-term, then you have bonds, like which are 30 years. So all it is, right. it, you know, like a like the, the, the benchmark right in the middle is the 10-year note. And it's basically a 10-year bond where the government issues a bond and they pay a certain amount of interest associated with it. And there's a pricing associated with it, which is at par, which would be, you know, like uh, a, a Four percent, four percent bond, or three percent bond. Okay, but then over ten years. Yeah, over ten years, and that's okay. just a straight interest payment if you keep keep the bond. Okay, so this, can, these bonds are not not unlike the bonds that my grandma gave me no. on, on my birthday, where it's like you're getting a, a five dollar bond, and in thirty years it might be worth eight dollars. Yeah, but most people don't keep it for okay. thirty years. They don't keep okay. it for ten years. Okay, it's very liquid because somebody else is willing to buy it. Okay. okay. Now the pricing of that bond is based on supply and demand, right? Okay. So sure. if there is a high amount of demand, what happens to the price of that bond? The price goes up, right? A lot of people are requesting it; they can now bid the price up. Okay. Okay. If okay. there's no demand for it, price goes down. Now the interest rate stays the same at par, okay? But if the price goes up, now you're paying more 
for the same interest rate, which means the effective interest rate is going to go down. Okay. Okay. But okay. if there is a sell-off, which means everybody's selling, selling, they selling, panic. People panic, right? The price plummets, and, that's and now what you happened. could have a subpar pricing, which means that even though the bond is at three percent, because you paid less for it than par, right. Your yield goes up, right? So basically, the bond market, you know, from a treasury and a, and a corporate side of things, uh, tanked, yeah. right? And and so basically, has that know, recovered? Um, no, I, mean, I still, I've, I've kept track of the of the futures and yeah, the Dow still, and the Nasdaq, but yeah, and I don't follow markets that that closely either. Right. But typically, you have this kind of relationship between bonds and equities, which is right when people are optimistic about the future of the economy, they'll take money out of bonds and okay. put them into the market in equities, okay. and that's what grows the stock market. That's why stock markets are hitting like all time highs now. Well, that's right? what I've noticed is since you know the morning after all the you know once the shock wore off. I think we've had at present as as of the time of this recording, we've had three days, if I'm not mistaken, of yeah. record high mm-hmm. uh, closings. Yeah. No, so, and, that's, and here's the deal: it's like so. If, if you go and read uh, Michael Lewis's book Flash Boys, right? So mm-hmm. Michael Lewis wrote uh, The Blind Side. We'll put that um, in the and, show notes yeah, so yeah. that everybody can get it. And uh, and it's you know he. It, in Flash Boys, it talks about the high-frequency traders. So a lot of these trades sometimes are not just like people waking up one morning and say, oh, I'm optimistic about the economy. I'm going to take money on my bonds and put it into equities. No. It's computers that are basically triggered to say, okay, when certain price levels say, here, we're going to go here. here. It's here. And so that's, I mean, that's it. So it, and here it goes, you know, the initial question that I asked, which is, what's going to happen? Nobody knows, right? And that's, well, yeah. and that's what I would be prepared for, right? If you assume a specific outcome and you're disappointed, I, I would say the la- the worst thing to do is to be caught up in the emotions behind your disappointment. Okay, I would okay. say the don't be- knee jerk. Yeah, and that's where you know I was I was talking to you b- before the show about this this concept, which I think is going to bridge between what's going on and then what do you do? Yeah, which is the the OODA the OODA loop, right? And now this, this is, is a, crazy. I've you never, never heard, yeah. <clears throat> I've never heard this. I'm a bit of a military aficionado, and that's yeah. where this came out of. Is yeah. a, I guess he's a, a fighter pilot. Yep. So him? John Boyd was John a, Boyd, a Vietnam right. a Vietnam uh, fighter pilot. Okay, and he was the the best dogfighter at the time, and he used this concept, which he let later bridged into kind of a business okay. idea, which is this this OODA OODA loop of decision making and OODA this, loop, and it's like a feed. It's a feedback loop, right? So OODA is an acronym, stands for uh, observe. Is the first thing, which is you observe what's going on around me. Okay. Then you orient yourself. Where am I in relation to what's going on around me? Observe, then you orient, make a decision. Decision. Okay. And when you di- make that decision, you don't think about the decision. You make it and then you act. Okay. Oh, and then I love when this. you act. You get, then go loop or back around again to the observe. And the process just and continues you just keep, repeating it's, so itself. It's small decisions over and over and over and over again. Oodle loop. But the thing is, it's like when you look at just kind of what's going on right now, I mean, we're in un, unprecedented times, right? So if you if you observe what's going on in our in our lives, yeah. right? And we talked about this a few a few weeks ago on, on the on the podcast, but right. you have this fiscal situation that is that is a wreck, yeah. right? That is being inherited by by Trump. Now right. you go back to to Reagan, and that's right after you had you know some of Jimmy the, Carter, the, yeah, the high yeah. you, you had high inflation. Paul Volcker, who is the chairman of the Federal Reserve at the time, came in and spiked interest rates. Right now, yeah. at that time, that was possible. 
now it would collapse the entire world right. economy if something right. like that happened. Okay, but I'm not, we won't get into kind of the monetary policy side okay. of things. But you have an amass, you have twenty trillion dollars of debt. You have half a billion dollars of deficit spending. You oh have, my gosh! You have I think forty plus people, forty plus million people uh, in poverty. You have food 150 stamps. million people that have some sort of government aid, student yeah. uh, food stamps, uh, student loan debt. You have wages that it have stayed stagnant for for 30 years. I was listening to, uh, I can't remember, oh, I even made a note. Don't you hate that when you're doing a podcast? I can't remember where I heard this, but I have heard that comparatively, income versus cost of living predates 1975. Yeah. Yep. That's how bad the economy truly is. And a lot of people are kind of glossing that over, but really... Income versus cost of living is below the levels of 1975. Yeah, it's in, it's in, so that's where we're at. And and you know, medium home prices are are continuing to go up. Stock markets are at all time high. And then you have that being inherited by the Donald. Now, now, obviously, he's had experience in business, right? But you know, who who knows what he's going to do, and who knows what Congress is going to link up to him and do? I mean, we we don't know. And that's it's a why... weird thing because I feel like you know, on I, I I totally understand why some people are scared. Yeah. Why? Well, well, not some people. A lot of people are scared. But I also look at this and go, yeah, it's scary. But man, what a cool time! Oh. What a cool time in our history to just watch what happens. Oh yeah, I love know? it. I love it. And that's where again the the detachment. That I think is almost to be sane in this day and age, you have to be t- detached from certain activities. Is that why I'm looking at this, going, "Oh, this is kind of cool." It is, and that's why I think you know, you look at the the college level that are like, you know, their professors are canceling class and postponing midterms. Yeah. It's insane, right? Because they have. And now they're talking had, about sanctuary campuses now. Yeah, too. I mean, they've they've not had anything disruptive happened to them most likely throughout their entire life there's been no i mean there's been wars but there's never been a draft they've had the same president right for mm-hmm. the last uh, several they've had, years they've had a decade of social agenda they yeah. don't know anything else exactly and now you have this guy that comes in and talks com- the complete opposite to it right right it, whether it's logical or not because it's different it's fear that's where they they're like oh what do, what do i do and that's the importance of detaching from what's going on and and observing as objectively as possible right okay, okay. observe what's going on now you have all the data that we just mentioned, plus you know a crap load, a crap load more of it. Right. Uh, then you have you know what the proposed co- congressional agendas are. Then you have the Donald's proposed agenda topics, right? Which he you know did his hundred day promise or, or yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so it's like I don't know, man. I, I, who it's it's ba- it's going to be fascinating. And then you have all sorts of other. Things that are going on in, in the world. I mean, we're a world economy, and also you have this unprecedented growth in technology. I mean, Elon Musk came out with his, you know, solar oh, yeah. paneled roof. You have, you know, I was at a conference, you know, when I was going to Florida. Yeah, the Palm Palm Beach. Yeah, Palm Beach Palm Beach Research Group, and they yeah. there was a conference, and it was there's this guy. It was fascinating. He was talking about just uh, some biotech and medical innovations that are happening, which could prolong life. I mean, it's there's so much that's going on. If you attach yourself to one thing, it's just not going to end pretty. It's not. Yeah. Gonna, it's not going to end well. Yeah. And therefore, I think just really understanding this this very simple concept of the OODA loop has 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 helped me. I mean, it's I learned about this, you know, a, a few years ago from uh, some business coaches. Right. And it's really just like you have to detach yourself from from outcomes because there's all sorts of variables right. that can change that outcome. I and mean, so that's that's the thing with Hillary. I mean, we were talking about this before. It's it's Hillary and the Donald. It's like. 
I had you had Donald. I had Hillary in the back. Now I didn't vote for her. I didn't vote for Donald either. I voted for uh, Gary Johnson. But right. I had you know I had her in the back because I'm like she's connected. I mean she has this huge foundation. I'm like man she she has the back. But it was you know these like black swans, the WikiLeaks. You know her yeah. getting a picture taken of her stumbling into the car. Uh, you had um, all you these know, the, the Anthony Weiner thing, right? It didn't matter what was on his server. <laughs> Once the connection was made between her and Weiner. Over. I, well, I think I think that when you when you factor in a lot of the, um, uh, the you know I, I call them the flyover states, and forgive me, I don't mean that to sound demeaning in any way, because you've got uh, a lot of very liberal uh, ideologies on both coasts, mm-hmm. but in the flyover states, you have a lot of people that were greatly affected by an environmentalist agenda and social agendas, and they're hungry, and I think that was a a, a huge factor in this. But you're absolutely right when you. <laughs> You know, when you have Anthony Weiner coming back from the dead, I you know when I saw that happen, I went, "It's over." Oh yeah, it's all the way over. And yep. yeah, you know, you're right. I did. I, I do have a background of political consulting, and so I was, I think, the only person in the office that said, "I think Trump's actually going to eke this out." Yeah. And uh, and people thought I was crazy. And that's the thing. But, I, and I don't. And, and with me, it's like I don't care if Hillary won. Fine. If Donald won, fine. Because those are those are just things that I don't have really any control over or or not even really influence over but i do i i can observe what's going on i can orient myself i can make decisions and just keep you going through that loop you were very detached and if you go back and you listen to it might be fun for for people that are listening now to go find that episode of the wealth standard radio go back in time a couple of weeks because patrick is so detached he said look i think either way we win if hillary wins she's going to destroy the economy she's going to absolutely crash it in which case we get to rebuild everything and Mm -hmm. life is going to be good if Mm -hmm. donald takes over he's going to have some very different ideas and it will probably not crash the economy but boost it even further yeah and who know and who knows and, that, and, and that's, the and is, that's that may be the case but we may be so far gone it might it might not be the case because looking at some of his tax plans it's just like okay well you always you always you know as far as coming up with those type of policies you're creating idea in hopes of a certain outcome sure but what do you never pay attention to you never pay attention to what's called the unintended consequence which are these black swan events yeah. okay because you Anthony make a decision Weiner. yeah it's like oh you, my gosh seriously it's like you you make you make a, a decision to have a server right and to give access to your email address to this person or that person and it's like you do it because okay that makes sense i can leverage my time and i can have them do it instead of me having to do it so i can focus on other things right but what's the unintended consequences it, it those emails wind up on some guys so anyway it's just it's just like you you can never prepare for every single consequence that will be the result of your decision okay what you can prepare for is just you know really making decisions quickly not getting attached to outcomes okay so the detachment would be part of the observation uh i guess the first o in the ooda loop right is observe is observe okay so observe and that would be in order to do that correctly you have to detach absolutely okay so so you're attached then your observed is going to be your observe is going to be tainted through a, and biased through a, through a certain filter. Yep. Yeah. So it's like a dogfight, right? In Vietnam, if you think that you know he's on your right and you and you don't like look back every thirty seconds, and you just assume that he's there, he may be on your left and shoot you. In your beat. I mean, it's and that's 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 the thing. It's like okay. making quick decisions and observing and over and over and over again. Okay. So the next O would be uh, orient, uh, observe orient which is associate you know where you are your business your investments your retirement your employment your family how do i factor family, in with what i'm where saying where do i stand in relation to what's going on around me okay all right well that seems 
And then you make pretty self-explanatory. And then you make a decision. You make a decision, and it might be right. It might be wrong. Go right, go left, but whatever you do, do something. Do something, and then you know you make a decision to do something. Then do it, and then observe again, and see was it right, was it wrong. It's kind of like you know a plane taking off. When the plane takes off, um, off from I mean, there's you don't know exactly what the the wind is going to be or the weather is going to be. You don't know, and the pilots don't know any of you that. You have to compensate. What are they doing? They're always looking for. Okay, well. If the wind is that way, I'll do this. If that works, doesn't work. It's that constant, you know, it's those course corrections, constant course corrections. And I think that, you know, it will do, because of how fast life is going right now, it, it is, I mean, logically for me, it may not work for everybody else, but for me at least, yeah. it helps create some semblance of sanity, right? Because I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that if I detach myself unemotionally, get away from whatever the outcome is, I can you know, make a different decision and hopefully learn a lesson, overcome a challenge, and then hopefully get to, you know, kind of my, my vision, my over, overall long-term vision in a, in a different way. As long as I get there, I don't care. You know, the path that it takes, it's, it could be this way, it could be that way. I think I speak for not only myself, but for a lot of people that are listening to this podcast right now. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in myself, actually, that I've made it this far into my life without ever even hearing of the OODA loop, <laughs> because it's so simple. It's the it's the most basic. It's one of those, uh, you know, I guess the root of every great invention is when you come up with something and people go, well, why didn't that exist forever ago? Yeah. Well, it's the, and it's that's that, how this is for me right yeah, now. Yeah, well, it's the whole, you know, I heard a, a quote, and I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I, I heard a quote that's basically... The information that's created in one day, the new information that's created in one day would take a lifetime for an individual to consume. So it's kind of like, you know, there's information that's out there, and you may have heard it before. It just didn't have a context. Now you heard it. It wasn't called the OODA loop, (laughs) which sounds like something Willy Wonka made, but I do love it. I absolutely love it. That's very cool. You could call it the Willy Wonka loop. Yeah, sure. Why not? I I wouldn't be offended by that. So, okay. Well, look, I guess the next part of this discussion would be... Um, what happened? People are scared. Yep. We go, we, we use the OODA loop and then where do we wind up? Yeah. Where do we go? So, and that's where it depends on every individual. But what I resort to is today, these, this day and age, there are more opportunities than ever. More opportunities to have a career that's fulfilling opportunities to have education for free. I mean, there is so much education online that can completely change your life, right? But it's looking at the time you have during the day and sure. balancing it and allocating it in the most productive way possible. I Where do most people choose? They choose the television and you know Facebook and social media. But there is so much out there to consume that can completely shift your paradigm, your perspective of life, and totally change the direction of it. But most people are... are not necessarily, you know, they're stuck. They're stuck. They're not, they're, they're subjective. They're, this is my life. This is the way that it is. And I am unwilling to change. And that's human nature. I mean, that, that's human nature. There are, right? People are very habitual and they're very panicky. Yep. That's, yeah. that is, that's the majority of our life is, is habit and subconscious, yeah. right? We get into these grooves. It works and are basically because our conscious can only absorb so much information, yeah. right? It resorts to whatever those habits are to dictate our life. So you don't pay attention to new things, to changing. But is, I think is that in, what you is this the advice that you would give somebody 
Um, maybe that's a millennial that's out protesting in the street. I mean, what would you tell? What would you tell that that say man any, or woman? I would say to anyone, really. I don't think I think it's age agnostic at this point. Now, if you get into your 80s and 90s, yeah, maybe. But even like in their 70s, there's so many people. There's so many things that that 70 year olds have in relation to knowledge about life, uh-huh. knowledge about relationships, knowledge about what's important, right? Where they can take who they are and their talents and their abilities and, and apply that and in, apply that in, yeah. in something, right. right? But with a millennial, I would say with the millennials is they, they have experienced such an amazing, a, a, a different, a different, uh, growing up than anybody in history. The most different in human history, I think. And I think it's really, yeah. it's it's reverse engineering what their life is like and what it took to get there, whether it's the technology, whether it's communication. I think studying history will give them a context yeah. as opposed to just having kind of their, you know, tunnel vision as far as what life is. Con- yeah, life it does. Is. It does get me up on my soapbox a little bit. But I think if if more young people would study history, which I don't think they do enough of, mm-hmm. uh, I think there would be a lot less panic in the street. I I, Honestly. To, I totally agree, and I and I also think it's it's getting a, a acclimated to disruption because they don't they don't mind disruption, right? When right. when the the Apple software goes from you know you know the iOS nine to ten, it's not like they're oh I, huh, you know change. It, no, it's they're not excited. Like they're freaking out. They're like okay, cool. New, let's see what life. let's see what it is. That's life, right? Yeah. That's life in all respects. It is going to change so fast, and so getting attached to. Well, Hillary, you know, she's the best thing and my life is going to be better because of her. No outside, no outside circumstance or experience is going to dictate, is not going to create any semblance of long-term happiness for you or or fulfillment. It's all going to be based on what goes on inside. Okay. And you're the one that's captaining your, your destiny, not some outside force because the outside force, even if it was Hillary. Or even was Obama. People, I mean, I remember eight, you know, eight years ago, people were like, the world's going to change and we're going to, it's everything's going to be amazing now. And we have this guy and, it, and you know, he did some things right. and he d- reneged on a lot of promises. He sucked. Right? Let's be <laughs> honest, Pat. He sucked. And and uh, again, that that's what happens. Yeah. Right. With people. Right. right. And that's just the nature. There is no like you know, overlord that can just like be, is a perfect person that's going to create a utopia for it. It's just never going to happen. No. You know what I tell people? There's, well, there's two things here. Uh, number one, money makes life very easy. It, it doesn't solve any problems, but it makes you dealing with your problems easier. Mm-hmm. If you make your own money, if you find ways to generate more revenue, mm-hmm. you can overpower any political ramification anywhere. Yep. Money fixes that. Your own personal income fixes that, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Uh, if I'm consulting Donald Trump, the first thing I would tell him is, hey, look, get off the wall, get away from a lot of the social stuff. And the minute people's lives start turning financially, the minute they have more money, they have more expendable income in their pocketbooks, mm-hmm. the quieter everybody's going to get. So yep. if you act fast and you act fast in terms of the economy mm-hmm. and jobs, uh, in six months to a year, the world is going to be a much different place, yep. and a lot of these issues are going to be completely forgotten. Yep. Then worry about the wall. Yeah, no, I think that's. I think you're right. I mean, I think looking at really what he's intent, what his intentions behind his tax plan, his fiscal policy, whether it's with you know taxes or with allowing corporations to repatriate money for you know, I think it was like ten. Yeah. Or actually, it's for profits. It's a certain percentage, and I think it for just capital, it's ten percent or something. Right. But you know, it's it's that hopefully will put uh, uh, corporations 
in this, you know, in this situation where they can bring business back to they'll the US. They'll free up their finances to hire and, and, ho- and hopefully they'll they'll hire more people and, yeah. and expand. But this is the big but. <laughs> I know. I, I wanted yeah. to laugh too, but I didn't. But it, so you look at, you know, the the stimulus Right, stimulus package of two thousand and 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 nine, yeah, uh, or two thousand, yeah, two thousand nine. It was they gave this huge, you know, seven hundred billion dollars stimulus package to banks, hoping that they would lend money to people. Oh, they just hoarded and it, and they didn't. Yeah. So that's the other thing too. It's like you can't. Can you? You can create the environment for businesses to to make the decisions you hope they make. Yeah. It's not going to be a guarantee. So I would, you know, but I, I definitely think that you know, really getting more money in people's pockets is going to. It is well, you one of the best yourself. things that you can do. People are habitual. They want to live their lives. And if you let them be habitual and not panicky, mm-hmm. the world is going to turn. It's just that simple. Yep. And that's where, you know, again, you look at just the nature of, of money and commerce these days. And I would say for younger, any, anybody below the age of 40, you have to be so pliable because yeah. you, getting stuck in a 30-year career, I mean, your job might be obsolete in five years. You don't. You don't know. I think I, I, that I just came out of the radio industry, Pat. Yeah. No. I <laughs> you know. know that's, it is. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where things become uh, obsolete, and you and there's very little control you have over. It, but you do have control over what you do. Yeah. And I think that in the end, it's really this. You know, especially for for a younger generation, it's this connection between if you want more money, you need to meet to create more value. And so, if the focus shifted toward serving, creating value being valuable and being of value to somebody else, you're going to have money, whatever, in whatever form it comes in. Sure. And so I look at, you know, that, that dynamic and that is, that's where I try to sure focus. Sure seems simple, doesn't it? It's, it seems simple, right? Yeah. And I, and I know that the, you know, the intricacies of actually executing may not be as simple, but it's the intention around it and the execution, you'll figure it out. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of breaking it down to simple terms of like looking at an alcoholic and saying, well, don't drink. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I know we're really, really simplifying it, but it's true. Yep. Unfortunately, right now, it's true. And that's the thing is right now it's like, but what makes the alcoholic stop drinking or what makes the, the yeah. overweight person lose weight or what makes the, it, it comes down to a disruptive event. Right now we have a disruptive event. Okay. Yeah, and it's going to continue. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see kind of the just transition over the next like six months, a right. year or so. Right, it's going to be disruptive. Now, in that disruption, there's always opportunity. Opportunity number one to take advantage of situations. Opportunity two is to obviously do the OODA loop, which is observe what's going on, orient yourself, and it could be different than what it was even a week ago. Now you have to make a new decision that may be contrary to what your you know, your subconscious mind has told you what to do, Yeah. then you act and then you see how it goes. You try something else and you do it quick. So it's that whole, that whole idea is just being kind of more present in your life and not resorting to this kind of habitual way people are living right now. Okay. I'm going to give you a really quick, uh, we're going to find out a lot, a lot about Patrick Donahoe right now. Uh You're tied to a chair. You're being held hostage. (laughs) They tell you, uh, take your company. Your company that you own, you take that company, and based on the current economic conditions, do you uh, you have to make a decision or the bomb's going to go off. <laughs> do you step on the gas, or do you take your foot off the gas and see what happens? What do you do? Well, yeah, I put I put my foot on the gas. Yeah? 
Yeah, it's pedal to the metal, huh? But it's always again, it's you know, even financial services, it is always changing. Regulations are training up, uh, tra- uh, changing, yeah. opportunities are changing, competition. Ob- is Obamacare changing. may, you know, the the repeal of that may change a yeah. bunch of and things. And there were, you know, we've been preparing for this Department of Labor issue, uh, mm-hmm. where they, you know, the Obama administration went through the Department of Labor to pass financial regulation. They didn't go through Congress. Uh huh. Basically, just created a law that you know makes a lot of changes, and that may be tabled i who knows but it's like we made all you know because i could be like well i just spent the last six months spending money on attorneys and trying to figure this out oh yeah i could i could be really upset a lot of people saying right that. now if that changes but it's like yeah. you know i don't that that's not my state of mind anymore well right? you're crying over a, spilled milk too i mean what do you yeah, do what do you what do you, you do? adjust that's and that's it. where it's like I, I just think right now it's there's there's more opportunity than than ever whether is trump going into the administration or or hillary i was you know you were going to put your foot on the gas no matter what weren't you regardless yeah. All yeah. right. Very good. That wasn't too bad. No, no, that wasn't. But I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are business owners there or potential business owners, future business owners that are listening and, yeah. and learning from you right now. Uh, you know, I've already had a couple of people since the election asking me that are business owners, what do I do? Yeah. Do I, do I take my foot off the gas? Do I, do I hold back or do I just hit it and see what happens? And I, th- and I think I would, I would actually create, I would take a, I'll take a step back from my statement. I'm not going to contradict myself, but I would say you got to put the foot on the gas, but what car are you driving? And is it the car that's going to get you to where the outcome is? And, you know, let's say you're Germany and they're going to ban you know, gasoline-powered cars sure. in like what five years or six years is something the law oh, that they passed crazy, or whatever. Those Germans, that's but, crazy. But so it's it's kind of like you know, but who cares? You know, if it's if you have to drive an electric car, drive an electric car. Put put your foot on the the pedal. I guess it won't be the yeah. gas anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's the thing. It's it's more of like the vehicle that you're going to use. Don't be attached to the vehicle. Be attached to the outcome. Okay. And so that's where I would say you know, I business it. owners, it's there could be some cool. I mean, he's going to drop corporate tax rates down. You may be able to, you know, if you are a business owner, you may be, you know, maybe there's some things you can do tax wise, okay, that will, you know, improve your cash flow or allow you to invest in new employees or invest in infrastructure, invest in something which will not only, you know, save you on tax, but will also allow you to be more prosperous as a, as a business. But it's always, again, just that whole loop. Yeah, the always loop. be looking, always be observing and never getting attached to a, a certain variable because it could change tomorrow. Love it. What do you think, man? I, you know, I'm sold. I'm going to go research the OODA loop for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. As Oodle silly as good. that sounds, I, there's a lot of people right now going, oh. Well, so I've been, it's, it's been interesting. And maybe I think we have a little bit, a few more minutes. I've been, I've been thinking a lot lately. And, and what came to mind, I actually kind of had a breakthrough yesterday. And it was about the most random of movies. But okay. it was about the, the Truman Show. Oh yeah, I love. I mean, it's a classic. Yeah, I watched it with with my my girls. Uh, I think a month month or so. What they think? And they, I mean, they they were. They, I didn't know if they'd they, get their it or attention. Not. Wasn't yeah, there so I, know, I know your girls, beautiful <laughs> the, girls, yeah. might I add, uh, and uh, just fantastic kids. But I can't see them liking they, it. Too. They, yeah, they they were the the eyes rolled a few times. Yeah, sure. But anyway, I got a lot of it, a lot out of it. And I didn't see it for for a little bit, but. Um, if you look at you know the Truman Show for those that are familiar with it, you know he Truman is is kind of like in this subconscious world that is completely manipulated and artificial, right? Mm. Doesn't and know he's in a TV show. Know, and and you look at all the 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 triggers that were created by that environment that kept him in that same mo, same modus operandi, yep. right? And what they do to scare him so he wouldn't leave the island, 
right? They drowned his father, right? Art, yeah. You know, in, in the in, in the, the, in the TV in the fake, show in the fake sea or whatever. Sure. And he was scared. There was a trigger, which was I'm not going to cross the water because, you know, I'm scared because of this event that happened when in my childhood or whatever. Right. People these days, I think, have triggers associated with the way they react to things. Right. Yeah. It's never like you just react because you know, nothing happened. You react because something happened yeah. and that something triggered an event inside you, which is in your subconscious that related to an event in the past, whether it's true or not, it's just the way that it is. And you look at Truman and you look at, okay, why did he, why did he suddenly start to want to leave? Right. He wanted to, you know, figure out a way to get off the Island. You remember that part? I do. And, and so, but it didn't just occur to him. Things had. To oh no, happen. he had to work it out, and yeah. it took a long time. And yeah. there was events that occurred, like the light, you know, crashed down the, on the, the street, the, the and he's like, yeah. "What the?" He-? And then he started to hear things on the radio, and then he saw this like elevator shaft where there was people inside of it, and he's like, "What the?" So he started to like have all these things occur. Yeah, that was like started to disrupt his trigger, and okay. it got him to the point where he was willing to overcome that you know painful experience. Yeah. Right, in order to well, we move all get on there. and progress. We all have those moments in our lives. And we and that's natural. It's natural. That's, and that's it's why never it was, voluntary. Uh, but it really is the way you respond to it, the way you rise to the challenge. Yep. And, and overcome and overcome it. And it's just that overcoming is progress. It makes you yeah. better. It improves who you are, your fulfillment, your experience in life. So Okay. Finally, the last question. I uh, uh, you're gonna kill me for this, <laughs> Trump. Is he a one-term guy or a two-term guy? Oh, geez. Well, I would I would say I wouldn't be surprised if he was one term or two terms. <laughs> <laughs> He's not gonna answer because that's well. I could say that you know if if it's gonna depend. It's gonna depend on what you said previously. Okay, if people's income goes up, if he fulfills all of his promises, it's the economy, stupid. But he, that's, that's what they yeah, always it say. Is. It's yeah. all it's all money. It's all money driven. It's the perception of of where a person is. It's their sentiments. Yeah. I would say you know he has a, a uphill battle, right? Yeah. And if I mean some of his policy, it depends on his cabinet, depends on Congress. Yeah. I I would say that if he could create improvement and people if consumer sentiment is high definitely i think it also depends on who the democrats run i think that's also a factor that's a very very good very good point so yeah there's so many who knows who who, who really knows but i would say in in the end i mean i don't know i'm not big on government you know solving problems i'd rather they just work themselves out but you know with that's not what he's gonna do he's yeah (laughs) But I would yeah. say, you know, with some of his activities, I mean, I understand where he's coming from. I just don't know what the unintended consequences are. Once those manifest, then it'll be interesting to see what he does. But I think, he, you know, I, I resort to him understanding business, understanding a lot of moving parts. I mean, he has a big company, has tons of properties. and he Hundreds has, of big companies. Yeah. And and that's yeah. where it's like knowing everything that's going on at the same time. He has that in, he has that down, I think. Sure. And so I, I, looking at the complexity of the U.S., I don't think Obama really understood the complexity and resorted to just trusting other people to make decisions for him. Yeah. So I think with Donald Hill, Hill, I think he has an idea of, of what to do. It's just the unintended consequences, I think, are going to determine whether he's successful or not. But well, it'll be interesting to see. It e- will. E- either way, I uh, I think it's a very cool time to be alive. It is. Regardless yeah. of how, because I know people are so scared, I, I still, even with the fear, I think it's a very cool time to be alive to see all this. It's always amazing. Yeah. This is, I yeah. mean, it's, like I said, it's an unprecedented time. Yeah. You can look at a lot of chaos that's occurring but there's just so much to be excited about and in the end we're live we have the experience 
Enjoy know, it. You, use the Find a loop. Make decisions. Break out of habits. Find fulfillment. Carry on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that was a good one. That yeah, was a good one. thanks hey. for having me back. Hey, you're you're awesome. You can you can be here anytime you want. You think? Hell yeah. Yeah, I, we I we're never we never seem to be at a loss of things to talk about. That's no, for that's sure. Da- that's the dangerous side of things. When I I'm I'm somewhat introverted and quiet in like you know social settings where you're talking about like you know the jazz or sure or you know whoever the local that local sports team the sports team or whatever. But yeah. But to, when stuff like this, this stuff, you know, this is right in your wheelhouse, stuff. man. I love it. I yeah. love it. Cool. All right, everyone. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, appreciate your time. And we will definitely be back next week, uh, right before uh, Thanksgiving. So stay tuned. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial.